Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, the podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to OATV. My very special guest today, the composer and conductor, Maestro Andrea Molino. Andrea, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. It's great. Now, you have this uh, career where, you know, you're a fantastic conductor and also composer, and you compose these big, large-scale pieces that are often uh, connected in a really interesting dramaturgical way. Do you want to talk firstly about um, your career as a composer and the sorts of work that um, you're interested in? Yeah, well... Uh, I, I wouldn't make a difference between my, my activity as a composer and my activity as a conductor. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I, find, I feel them as intervowen, as, as mm. interconnected, and I, I like being that. Mm. Uh, but yes, of course, the, the major part of my activity was, is, uh, is dedicated to this large-scale, I would say, multimedia. The mm. word is a, bit, is a bit superficial, but let's yeah. say multimedia wor- works. Um, and I'm very passionate about well, I would say I would call them non-narrative contents, contents which talk about uh, things which are relevant for, for the human condition, for, mm. for, ye- for now and here, political, if you want, in the yeah. broader sense of the word. Or something like winners, for example. Yeah, for example, and, and that, that, was, that was a project we did together, mm. and I, I, it's one of my fondest memories. Mm. And, for example, winners was dedicated to the theme of uh, of the approaching the, the dichotomy of winning and losing yeah. as as a major way of thinking reality of systems of reality uh, then and today and criticizing that mm. so the fact that uh, it, if you um, if you approach everything in the world and under the perspective of winning or losing you get into a major contradiction mm. and we did it uh, by uh, going in different places in the world mm. In uh, in um, New York, for example, uh, uh, the reason for New York for, was to int- uh, to interview and to meet the survival of the Twin Towers assault, yeah. and then in Dresden and in uh, um, in Johannesburg in South Africa, in Thailand, and and then here in Australia in, yeah. in Wallatina, yeah. because each of those places were related to a particular historical or or recent event which was deeply connected with, with the main theme. And it, I was very passionate in creating a, a, non, a non-figurative narration out of it yeah. with a major symphony orchestra on stage, with soloists, with singers, and, and with a major um, involvement of uh, technology, of, yeah. uh, of applied technology in art. And this is my way of being a composer. Mm. I, I rec- com- keep recognizing myself in this kind of projects. Mm. And with Credo, too, where there were yeah. instrumentalists in different parts of the world uh, beamed into one centre via satellite. Yeah, connected live. And <coughs> at that time, uh, it was about 10 years ago, we did use the satellite connect mm. co- technology. Now, together with the Italian television, I'm developing a, a further system so that we can do the same thing and actually in a much more effective and, and flexible way mm. through Internet. That's so fantastic. this is something that we are going to... Uh, uh, to implement this uh, the coming uh, spring, mm-hmm. European spring, that means in May, mm. in Turin, 
in where, mm -hmm. where the is research center of the Italian television is located. Mm -hmm. And we plan um, for the following year a major event in the city in Turin. And I really hope I will be able to, uh, to involve different other towns and, mm -hmm. and, and organizers and get it to a broader audience and to a broader, uh, to a broader context. So with this too, and um, it's, it's a fantastic thing when you see it happening, but it's partly to connecting um, not only the, 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 the physical cultures, but the musical cultures of, of, of different countries and, and different people. Absolutely. And, and um, for example, I do have, um, that was a reflection about thinking, you know, about 20, 25 years ago, there was the, this concept of world music, mm -hmm. where musicians from different, different cultures were put together and they, in, in a jam session or, or whatever kind of um, artistic environment, mm -hmm. and, and create things that they, they had a certain success for a while. But I think it was, it was the wrong approach because what I, what I try to do when I involve other cultures, uh, other most musical cultural um, artists from other cultures, is just let them be what they are without mm. trying to interfere, uh, interact artistically with their language. Mm. And the fact of uh, just putting them together uh, putting a, uh, one language aside of the other, I think reflects more and respects more the complexity of, of what I believe the world is, the mm. world of, in general, not only artistical. And yes, and that's, so I did it in, in Credo, we did it in Winners, mm. with, with this fantastic African, South African yeah, storyteller, yeah, yeah. for example, yeah. or the, um, the the Thai the Thai uh, music uh, percussionists who uh, they mm. were performing the uh, Muay Thai music etc. And we found in the in the um, in the context in the narration of the piece their place without asking them to change. Or yeah. in Credo when when you asked me to bring Credo to Brisbane mm. and uh, William Barton was exactly. was involved mm. and what I did and I, I'm still very passionate about that was to create a space within mm. the score which already exists, create a space for him so that you, he could be himself. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't ask him to uh, adapt to my musical language, mm. which is very different from his. Yeah. But the, the coexistence, and, and I would call the, this is a major point for me, the not only acceptance, but the embracing of contradictions, mm. I think is one of the most important thing in, in, in a modern approach to narration, to art, to, um, to creation. Um, to, speaking about that and, and research and so on, you were, um, uh, had a major role in a research centre uh, that was set up by Benetton. Oh yes, there was a, it was called Fabrica. Yeah. It's still active. It's, mm -hmm. it's very, it's, it's not as, uh, as, as um, I would say, not as exciting as it was yeah, back yeah. then. It was an amazing place. It was incredible. It's, um, it was a, a, an imme immense and beautiful building um, uh, constructed by the Japanese architect Tadao Ando. Mm. Just, just a beautiful place. Mm. Near Venice. Inspired. Yeah, near mm. Venice, near Treviso. Mm. And uh, they called themselves a, um, a research center for communication, yeah. where the different disciplines were interacting with each other mm. for different kind of projects, which sometimes had commercial uh, background, sometimes they were purely artistical. And I was there for about six years leading the music department, mm. which means meant for me to be able to interact very deeply with the other departments, which were the video department, the digital art department, and, and the design department. And so, so we created, and, and Winners and Credo were, were uh, originated in that environment. Mm. 
and uh, it was very extremely important for me to, to be able to develop this kind of inter interdisciplinary approach, which I never, uh, even after leaving Fabrica, I would never, uh, I, I did never contradict this, this approach. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. definitely deeply in, uh, rooted in my way of being an artist. Mm. So how did this come to be set up? Because um, there was the, the founder of Benetton that mm -hmm. was, w wanted to do it, yeah? Yeah, there was at that time was the Italian photographer Oliviero Toscani, yeah. who was uh, who had this vision of creating this thing, mm. and and then they later when uh, years after that uh, they they did separate and they they, they get back got back together and they separated again. Mm. It was a kind of uh, very interesting relationship yeah, that yeah. they have. And Ottoscani, uh, that was one of his major projects. Mm -hmm. And so, and even when he left, uh, then the, the, the institution, the organization kept going mm. uh, under, the, uh, the, the, under the umbrella of the Benetton Company, mm. but with a very huge amount of independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful, I guess it still is, a beautiful building. Yeah, it's incredible. It had a fantastic atmosphere that Absolutely. was really well, I thought, incredibly conducive for yeah. artists to, to yeah. create in very different ways. Yeah, and the, the, the very passionate, the very interesting thing was that the idea was to give to young artists mm. uh, the opportunity to create new projects. So mm. what, what they did, they selected uh, regularly um, artists under 30 years of age from all over the world in all mm. disciplines, and they asked them to come to Italy and to to, to work in that particular place mm. altogether. Mm. And then they lived in Treviso, which is about two kilometers away yeah. from, from the building. But they, they were physically there, and they create a kind of community of international artists, mm. which was a, a very uh, lively and, and, and productive way Yeah, yeah, to, to it was work. a fan fantastic thing. Yeah. Can I come back to your conducting now? So with the sort of work that you do that's um, you know, connected um, well, politically and, and environmentally and in, in all sorts of ways, um, when you're working on a piece, as you are at the moment, Bluebeard's Castle, um, you become very involved in, in, oh, the, yes. in the dramaturgy with the director, and not a lot of conductors do. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that influences your conducting? It is a necessity. Mm. It's it's why probably one of the reasons I enjoy conducting opera so much because mm. it's 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 a multi-layered, the multidisciplinary way of working, and I cannot. I mean, the way I conduct, the way I interpret a score, the way I take musical decision is deeply interconnected with. Uh, not only with the narration of the piece itself, but also with the choice of the director. Mm. So I, I do, when I work at an opera piece, and even a concert, mm. for me it's not, not, not a major difference. Mm. Uh, even when I conduct a concert, I, I do have the same approach. I, I try to take a narrative approach to that. Mm. But anyway, the, um, the decisions I take are related with the whole other things that are around me, and not only on the music score and not only on the orchestra. And I think this is opera. Mm. This it shouldn't be differently. Mm. This is why opera is so is so fascinating mm. because it's more than the sum of its own components. Mm. And I try to to dig into it mm. and to put myself physically in that in that environment. Mm. And you very very often conduct these incredibly complex pieces without a score. So clearly yeah. you you know them I, backwards. But it's not a, not not only about knowing that it's developing a physical relation to that. Mm. So the 
the, the, the piece itself, not only the score, but the piece, in, 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 uh, when I say piece, I talk about everything, I yeah. about the staging, it's a kind of an organism. Mm. And, and if I, I have to read what I'm doing, mm. it, I, I'm not part of this organism, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. outside of it. Yeah. And the f being in this organism and being physically in this organism is crucial for me. So as, f as much as I can, I try to, uh, to, uh, to free myself from mm. the score. Mm. And I think this also uh, helps um, creating a, 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 the feeling of, of that we are all going yeah, yeah. towards the piece, yeah. with the orchestra, yeah. with the singers and everybody on stage. Yeah. As I said, you're working on Bluebeard's Castle at the moment. Do you want to talk a little about the, about the music of Bartok, Bela Bartok, and, and, and the piece itself? Oh, the piece is... Uh, when 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 we talked about it, uh, I was I was ecstatic because mm. it, well, this is one of my favorite pieces. I mm. never conducted before. I know I knew it of course. I yeah. studied the score, and the the, the score has is, is a mind is is a, it's full of incredibly I interesting features. It's uh, pretty much hundred years now that he was composed, mm. Mm. and it it's called symbolistic. It's called expressionistic. I don't think that that he actually fits in a specific mm. box. Mm. I think it's a piece of uh, on its own. Yeah. And, and this makes it even more fascinating. The orchestra is, is incredibly well written. Mm. There's a number of things, for example, one thing that uh, by learning uh, in, in depth the score that did impress me is the fact how he uses just position of different things, mm -hmm. which is an incredibly modern, mm. modern uh, approach. And those things were uh, the way he puts them aside of each other Create the narration. For mm. for example, there is a uh, there's a, the moment where where Judith discovers uh, the, the the well to, to to put it simplistically that that she actually realizes she's in trouble mm. pretty much in the uh, after the after the the middle of the piece. Mm. Then she's she's observing this lake of tears, mm. and she sings a very beautiful and very simple and delicate melody, and she does it many times. And the first time, the the accompaniment of the orchestra is related to the uh, to to the to the melody itself. So in a way, it's a traditional way of accompanying. Mm. And then her perception develops, and little by little, she keeps singing the same thing, but the way the the orchestra uh, accompanies changes towards the 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 end. The last time she sings the melody, the accompany of the orchestra stays very soft and delicate, but is harmonically completely incoherent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that it becomes dissonant. Mm. And this is um, is a very simple tool, but uh, the way he uses is is incredibly effective. Yeah. And other things are very similar. Also, just the position of different chords, just the position of different colors. Mm -hmm. The fact that he I like to think to his orchestra as a as a as a living being because you can you of course you hear the different instruments but what's even more interesting is the fact that the sound uh, the mixing the melting of the instrument becomes something else mm. you you don't recognize anymore the specific instrument it becomes a new a new um, uh, sound or organism mm. and this is uh, if you think it was composed 100 years ago, it's, mm. it's just amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, Andrea, it's been wonderful talking to you today. It has uh, been uh, absolutely a pleasure. And we wish you all the best for Bluebeard's Castle that opens very soon. And we look forward to uh, doing other projects with you in the future. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not-too-distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.